Welcome to Hit the Six. We're back, baby. Would you believe it? Everyone's favourite podcast from Warwick University circa 2015-2018 is back. My name is Rob Starman and with me is Michael Kiniston. Michael, how are you? I'm well, Rob, staying safe, staying locked down. And you know what we thought? We thought in these dark, uncertain times, what does this world need? Apart from 100,000 tests a day and it is Hit the Six. I think... uh, in, when introducing us, Rob, you forgot also, Hit for Six, Warwick University Radio's uh, third best news show in 2017, if I'm correct? Of course, yes. Award-winning radio show. And we're we'll mixing up a little bit. No longer live on the airwaves, um, but podcast. Um, do you reckon we can take the podcast world by storm? I mean, if Peter Crouch can do it, why can't we? We could get everyone passing the pod. I'm sure Johnny Hall will pass the pod. I'm sure, you know... People need things to listen to. They're just sitting indoors, right? They do. But the issue I think we do have, Michael, is that um, we're a podcast that talks about cricket. Uh, and there isn't any <laughs> cricket. There hasn't been for about a month and a half. So, so why now? And what are we going to be talking about? So we thought, first things first, we thought, let's have a think about what's going on with the actual cricket season. What's our take on it with COVID-19? Um, what do we think should happen, how to make the best of a pretty bad situation um, for the fans, for the players, for the longevity of the game and our exit strategy. And then, um, well, do you, to, do you want to talk about Headley, Rob? Yeah, and of course, um, this um, over this weekend, uh, all, all of Test Match Special and I believe Sky Sports and the ECB are live streaming the Channel 5 hi- highlights of the Headingley 2019 Ashes Test, Ben Stokes' heroics and all that. And so we thought we'd reflect back on what was one of, I mean, I'm going to put it out there, definitely the top three best days of my 2019, that the World Cup final and my wedding day probably all tied for, for first place. I was going to say, what's the order? What's the order? Is that the uh, politically correct order, Rob? I, I, think I think I'll give them all tied first place. We, we're winning different awards for different reasons. Um, a very sensible answer. You're not going to upset anyone there. No, exactly. No one at all. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so I think that's how we're going to do it. One, one thing, of course, worth saying, we're hoping by the end of um, this, this sort of mini-series we're going to do over, over the lockdown period that um, everyone's favourite cricket game, Cricket Captain 2019, um, is going to be our sponsor. Oh, yeah. And, of course, that is the one get-out, isn't it, Michael, <laughs> of, of this quarantine, is having a, a little county championship career mode on the go at any one time. Have you got one going at the moment? So you're not going to like me. I've kind of, uh, I've jumped ship slightly. I've been playing football manager, my other love. But what I did, I have tried to win the T20 World Cup with, um, with England on uh, Cricket Captain 2019. And it is impossible. Have you tried it? I haven't we, yet, no. On a whole day to Bratislava, five of us spent too much of the holiday trying to win it. None of us managed it out of about 40, 50 attempts. Honestly, you think you've got it. And then South Africa chased down 240 in 16 overs. Like, it's just <laughs> That is mental. Playing shots he's never played in his career. I mean, I'm 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 talk, talking of South African cricket. I'm, I'm currently with Northampton. They've just got out of Div Two. Um, Temba Bavuma scoring two thousand three hundred <laughs> runs in the season. Uh, it was a magnificent performance from him. I've got Monty Panasar back in his old county, age thirty-eight. He's in the free pool, isn't he? You know, when you start county cricket, captain nineteen, you get about you know. And not a brilliant selection of players to choose from. I think Milno is normally there as well, isn't he? Yeah, Mike, Michael, um, Michael Carberry. I signed him straight away. Is he available? I, yeah. I, I would definitely sign up. He can only play every oh. other game, though, because he's so old. He gets tired once he plays a four-day game. So you want to kind of rotate him out. Him and Ben. How did Monty do? Rotation there. 
But anyway, we digress. It's a great game. I um, highly recommend. I'm, I'm pushing for them to be our sponsor. Childish things. They make a wonderful game. It's exactly the same every year, apart from the squads. Um, and they're saying they're going to bring out the 2021 earlier so that people have cricket captain to play yeah. during quarantine. So, um, capitalised. I like that. We'll look forward to that. Anyway, um, go on then. This season, it's not happening. Hence why we're um, resorting to virtual Most... reality cricket. Um, what, what's going to happen, Michael? Speak to me. Well, I don't know. Most of it's not happening. Like, we know pretty, pretty certainty now that anything that's not going to make money isn't going to happen because they need to just generate funds to survive, which, you know, I, I don't really think much of the 100 and the idea for it, but I understand the rationale. Prioritise T20s in the 100 because they'll actually make a bit of money and help cricket to survive at different levels, you know, for another year and seeing what's happening. But, I mean, don't even know if that's going to happen, do we? Because we don't know when this lockdown's going to finish. I mean, are you okay with them sort of already their policy of prioritising the short form? Oh, I, I think definitely. It's one year. Um, and so, yeah, I think the county championship's got to go. I mean, it's my favourite bit of county cricket and domestic cricket in, in the country. But um, it just makes no sense to, to have it when no. there's going to be limited time for a starter. So I mean, every, every game takes four days anyway. Um, so... I th- for, for me, actually, interestingly, and I've, I've seen it touted a few times, I think the thing that's got to come first is from a domestic county cricket point of view, the 2020 Blast, because that will guarantee income for every county. Um, it's, and the big issue with the 100 is, of course, they, they kind of, it's a new competition. They're trying to get new fans, new engagement. And there's supposed to be this massive marketing campaign all through the spring. It should be, you know, right now, yeah. there's supposed to be 100 stuff everywhere. But because they didn't know when it's going to start, they haven't been able to do that. So to put on that tournament, quickly without there being much time to kind of market it, promote it. When there's no traction already, there isn't kind of a pre-existing fan base, particularly they've given they want to get new people into cricket. I think the 100 may yeah. well be delayed for a year. Um, I think so, also they don't want to launch it wrong, do they? Because it's already got so much backlash. They needed to nail it the first time it went. It well, needed to be full. Well. I mean, obviously, terrible team names, awful kits bar one or two. Bizarre sponsors, <laughs> all the correct. I mean, I like, I think I like the, 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 the names as well. Yeah, the names are dreadful. Um, the logos, oh, it's all, I mean, stuff like Welsh Fire looks like Johnny Bairstow and that kit looks like a massive hula hoop. Um, likewise, <laughs> the, Trent, the Trent Rockets look like a packet of skips. Again, they're sponsored by skips. The only, the only kit that looks half decent is, um, is the Pom Bears one, Southern Brave, Joffre Archer. But I think that's just because he is Joffre who's modelling the kit. And he, he looked good in any of yeah, he makes it work, doesn't he? Makes um, it work. And so I think, I, I think there's too much of a risk for them to try and kind of crowbar that in in a shortened yeah. season. Um, they always say it's too big. The ECB have put too much on it to fail. Um, and so whether it's a case, therefore, delaying it to 2021, it, that may, may ha- have to go. I think that makes a lot of sense. And also, you have to remember, the T20 Blast had its best, one of its best ever years last year, didn't it? On the back of us winning... World Cup, every game was packed. You know, games were sold out weeks, months in advance, and it was a really, really good year for the tournament. So they're coming off the back of that. People have got good memories of it. Um, I figured it would make a lot more sense to just go with that, which you can go straight into running if we do have time for any cricket. Um, so yeah, I think that well, makes I, a lot of sense. And I think I mean, we don't even know if we squeeze that in. Would yeah, you? What, yeah, so you go. Yeah. So yeah. Well, the attraction of the 2020 Blaster course is that. Uh, because there's, there's a lot of teams, they could play a lot of games quite close together um, and you can have games on fairly regularly. And if there's people out there haven't been playing four-day cricket, there's, they, kind of, they can 
basically push players a bit harder and have loads of games in a very short period of time. And you'll have a public desperate for um, live sport because we haven't had any since early March, right through, let's say, cricket gets up and running in late July, maybe early August. Well, then you could really pack the games in as well uh, and get a full tournament in with good engagement, which will get a decent amount of money. Of course, not necessarily the same money they would have had otherwise, but it's, that's the case for anything and in any and every industry at the moment, given current circumstances. So I, I, that's my winner. 2020 blast to happen, sack the 100, sack county cricket. Obviously, the one-day one, Beth, that tournament is long gone, doesn't need to happen. And then you're left yeah. with just trying to work out which international games um, are played, which touring sides come over out of Pakistan, West Indies, Australia um, and Ireland. What do, you, what do you make on that then, in, in England-wise? What do, what do you reckon they should... Uh, I was, I was just going to ask, actually, before, before we get on to internationals, I was going to say, what do you think to the idea of... Because I think late July is a bit optimistic, to be honest, considering the way, the way things are going. And I think what's more potentially realistic is playing games behind closed doors without the fans, and then you can stream it on TV. What's your attitude to that? Um, I think if it's safe and it's some form of cricket and it's the only thing you can do, then get on with it. Well, I was thinking earlier, what they really should have done, the all sporting authorities, they should have seen the writing on the wall um, and flown all the footballers, all the um, <laughs> best rugby players, cricketers, to like Madagascar or something, with a couple of TV crews, um, and basically play all the normal sporting events behind closed doors in Madagascar, film it and beam it around the world. And we all could have had it as light entertainment from day to day. Got helicopter food in for all the players. And the problem would have been solved. So we'd be all... What do you think the pitch quality would have been like? <laughs> well, yeah, cricket-wise, I don't know. You might, have had a bit, you might have had a bit of uneven bounce. Yeah, but that's what it's like in the county championship in April anyway. So we could be, you know, definitely could be enjoying a bit of North Ants Leicestershire at the moment in the second round. You could have had a few, you know, you could have a few fusions, a bit of the football mixing with the cricket. You could have had a few novelty games, England football team versus England rugby team playing cricket. Oh, it would have been brilliant. You know, and all would have happened. It would all be there in some big sort of complex. Um, and that's one thing no one would have to worry about, kind of postponing the sport. How are they going to fit in the Euros and the Champions League? Well, it doesn't matter because there's about half a million elite sportsmen stuck on Madagascar all playing sports. The rest of us can watch it. That was the answer. But um, sadly, that ship sailed. Um, I, I, think, I think lockdown will be lifted quicker in summer. And there's lots of... T- I mean, I'm, I'm no um, pandemic expert. So this is me just spouting nonsense. <laughs> I, I hope it's true. But as far as what I've read is that um, they think it will spread a lot slower in summer. Like as, as of, even though it's not like the flu, as of influenza does, it spreads a lot slower in summer. Um, and so the hope is they'd be able to massively... Um, alleviate the lockdown through July and into August. And so I think hopefully there'll be a window where we can get a lot of this in. And it may be that then lockdown measures are ramped up again later in the year as it starts to spread again um, as the cold months draw in. But if that's the case, which I'm hoping it is because I like cricket and I want to play it and watch it, um, then, I, then I think late July, early August could, could be a goer. Um, but, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, literally a month ago I was at... Twickenham on the Saturday and Stanford Bridge on the Sunday, talking to people about a, this kind of disease that started to hit Italy and hasn't really, um, it be mainly still in China. Little would I know that within three weeks I wouldn't be allowed to leave my house for anything other than a walk in the park and a, and a so trip think, to Sainsbury's. I think the last major sports event that got played before the proper lockdown hit in was, um, was Cheltenham, wasn't it? It's Cheltenham races. Um, and I had friends who went to that and they said it was a very eerie experience because the entire day, 
just over the loudspeaker constantly. Try and keep distance. Keep washing your hands. Sneeze into your elbow. Just constant, you know, loudspeaker announcements, which made everyone there sort of think, we probably shouldn't be here, should we? Um, and then I think on the, on, the, on the night out in the town after people were singing uh, My, My Corona in the club, and I think uh, all in all, it was a slightly surreal, surreal day for my friend who went. But I think that was the last major sporting event. Before yeah, was that and the, the, some of the last 16 Champions League second legs? So like that. Yeah, that Liverpool Atletico shouldn't yeah, have been the last game. 2,000 Spanish fans. Yeah, and they weren't allowed to watch the games. The games were happening behind closed doors in La Liga, but then in the, the Champions League, they all went out and, um, what, and, and they all came to England and watched the game. Yeah, no, that was slightly crazy. I mean, it was quite satisfying to watch Liverpool lose one 0 but was it one? I can't remember the score. I mean, no, it was, um, it was absolutely mental in that that second half. They scored, they scored three goals in um, in added time, uh, in uh, extra time. Athletic game. So, uh, Speaking of the first time. it was uh, it was it was fantastic. It was it was a joy to watch. But um, oh, didn't Adrian mess up? Adrian just passed it straight. To yeah, the yeah, he did indeed. And okay. anyway, we, we we do digress. Um, international cricket. Then, if you're saying you, you're not confident by late July, because the first. England Pakistan test, certainly the Lord's test starts at the very end of July. I think it's the Thursday the thirtieth. Do you reckon that that game could go ahead? I mean, I imagine the West Indies tour is is dead and buried. That's meant to be throughout June. West, Indies, West Indies tour, no chance. No chance. Uh, you know what? I'd love it. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just being a pessimist. Maybe the end of July could happen. I just think it might be more likely that happens behind closed doors so they can keep some of the TV revenue as a worst case scenario. Um, because obviously they're just trying to stop bleeding, aren't they? They're just trying to not, because this is going to be financially disastrous for the ECB um, and I guess for cricket worldwide. And I guess if the option is playing the games without a crowd and not playing the games at all, they'd go with the former. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd hope, or maybe it all gets pushed to August and they condense it all. We saw, I saw Josh Butler came out and said, there's the idea that England could be playing two games a day with two different squads. Which yeah, is interesting. And yeah, with the one, the one day stuff, the stuff. That that would be odd. Um, I, I guess I think... it might be odd, but it's an odd it's an odd time, isn't it? So I guess fair enough. If you at least if you're trying to think of ways to one give the, the English the British public some sport to watch and also to stop the financial loss. And I think he's probably right. I think they would be able to sell. They'd be able to do pretty well in terms of selling tickets. If even if there were two games on at the same time, different bits of the country. Yeah, and I think I think that that plan can only work if um, we were allowed to attend. So you can have the two oh, yeah. going on at Lords and the one day game happening up at Headingley. I mean, if those were both happening oh. at the same time behind closed doors, I mean, oh yeah, we're not channel hopping. We're <laughs> yeah, not switching like, back and forth. <laughs> what the one day on against Ireland on the red button, or you can watch the Test match against Pakistan. I mean, I, I think that that would be particularly <laughs> bizarre. Um, but that would be a bit much. I certainly um, think I, I I wouldn't like to see them playing on the same day necessarily, but I certainly wouldn't mind the in your three day gap between uh, the, the test matches or the four day gap, you have a couple of ODIs where a different squad are playing. Um, and I you know what? There's the depth available, isn't there? There's definitely depth of players to be able to put up pretty two two pretty good sides, particularly oh, in the one day. Yeah, definitely. And he's a lot, lot of apart from Root and Stokes uh, and possibly someone like Chris Wakes. Most of the um, players don't, and Joffre, of course. Most of them don't like crossover necessarily between the two. So you'd have you Jason Roy, Owen Morgan. Um, well, I was going to say well, that might be why we're doing slightly better in tests again, isn't it? But we'll get onto that when we talk about uh, when we look back at the South Africa series. The f- 3-1 win but uh, yeah when you say there's not too, there's not as much crossover that might be sli- that might be why our test team's doing slightly better than it was before but we'll uh, 
we'll get on to that. Um, so the, what's your exit strategy then? You, you, you squeeze in the T20 blast. You yeah. try and fit in some sort of international cricket as well in August. Basically, August, yeah, I think you can't have a couple, a couple of test matches against Pakistan, and then and what you can make out of the Australia or um, um kind of ODI and T20 series as well, um, and then Ireland are coming over for some ODIs in September, which may well actually be the least effective of all of it, because if it has got a lot better by then, um, then the hope would be September would be fairly normal, and those games would go ahead as go ahead as planned. Um, yeah, there was so there was something floated, wasn't there, by the West Indies team, which was a bit cheeky, but I suppose you know any port the storm which was that you know they could just play the test series in west indies which you know um they're no i know at the moment i don't think they're much better off than us at the moment but if if there was the case that countries elsewhere in the world who could host it who could host these games were in a better state than the uk in august september could you make the case to just switch it and just play it there where it's safer and then you got it on tv obviously we're making a huge financial loss but maybe that could be shared between the two countries I don't know. It's sort of like any idea is worth a try. Yeah, I, I kind of... I, I agree. I think any idea is worth a try. But I, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, particularly with um, most kind of times when England play a country abroad, one of the reasons why it's so financially lucrative for them is the number of Brits who then go out and watch them. Um, and so then, like, would there be, if, there, would, if that point, would the travel ban be lifted? And then would there be thousands of people from the UK flying out to Barbados to watch a test match? And then bringing and then bring Rice again. I I think um I, I think that's there's unlikely in a world that's so kind of there's so much complex complex decisions being made already. Like who knows? I I, I think I'm trying to also, also be asked. abroad. Um and then like would fans be allowed traveling then if they did, what that would mean for the airline industry and what that would mean for like the lockdown here. Um I, mean, I, I think also be asking all the players and staff to take the risk of going abroad which wouldn't really be fair on them because, you know, the touring party is huge with all the support staff, all the players. If there was a travel ban, they'd be breaking it. So, no, it probably isn't fit. Yeah, and then, I mean, and they binned off the Sri Lanka series when the coronavirus really hadn't set, hadn't really kind of set in in Sri Lanka at all. They definitely could play at least one or two test matches, but they called that one off kind of conservatively uh, and partly because I think the players are pretty unhappy to be out there while yeah, certainly back home I think they wouldn't be desperately keen to fly off to another part of the world while they've got friends and family still in lockdown while the rest of the country is in um, kind of in the place it is yeah I, I'm just not sure how um, yeah how, how, how kind of realistic that would be to be honest no I don't think so okay well we've, we seem to have worked it out a bit oh Hampshire have just cancelled Nathan Lyons deal a few hours ago well there so. we go there's some silver linings and all. Well, it's of the times. Nice. Well, I mean, I was, I was, talk, talk of Nathan Lyon, it's a nice segue in because him dropping that ball when there was the run out of his <laughs> was, was one of the, the finest moments of that, of that day, uh, of, um, of that third test win for England. Go on, Mike. Where, let, let's, let's talk about it. It's kind of... Right, so I'm yeah, just going to tell you where we are in the game at the moment because, you know, TMS is, is, is uh, playing it at the moment. We're currently at T. I'll catch you up on the match situation. So England were pretty dismal effort in the first innings, 67 all out. That was very upsetting to watch. I remember that. Joe Denley's top scoring with 12. Fair play. Um, Australia all out of 179. Joffre took six for 45. So you know, doors just about ajar. Um, England. Um, oh wait, no, sorry. Australia first innings 179. Then England 67 all out. Lead of 110 odd. 
and then Australia out for 246. And so England set, what was it, 358 to win? 359 to win, uh, 358 run lead. Um, 359 and it, to win. And the rest and of then, history, really. Well, yeah, so currently we're 90 for two. It's at T. Roots on 41 out. I reckon he'll convert. He's got no issue with that. And uh, Denley's on 30 not out. And the stage is set, really, isn't it? Um, so obviously we all know what happens next. Ben Stokes with no one around him after Chris Wokes plays a shocking shot straight to, uh, was it short cover on his ninth ball? And Johnny Bairstow had get earlier given slip catching practice. Joffrey Archer caught in the deeps, broad, cleaned up LBW. So it's Stokes left with Jack Leach. How many runs was it left to win at that point? Oh, it, was, what, seven, it was like 73 or something like that. I think it was 73. He's in the 70s, yeah. And I, uh, 70 odd to win. Were you feeling confident at that point? No, I was, um, I was on my way to go on holiday. So I was on a train. I was on a train. I think Bairstow got out just as I was setting off to get on the train that went to Wimbledon to Clapham Junction, Clapham Junction out to Gatwick. And it was while I was on the train out to Gatwick when it really started with Wokes got out and Joffre hold out in the deep. And it was, yeah, it was Jack Leach was walking to the wicket as I arrived at Gatwick North Terminal. Um, and so I told um, Sophia, right, we're heading straight to um, Weatherspoons where it was on. I'm going to have a pint. And I'm going to feel sorry for myself as we lose the ashes and it all goes wrong. Um, and so we were chatting away. And as it was a stoke side, he hit a couple of boundaries and a, a couple more and you know, some sixes. And just it was when he launched the successive sixes, the successive straight sixes. And that made you sit up a little bit and go, exactly. right, I stood up and I, I basically started to ignore her. Um, and just look at the TV. And then really without even kind of acknowledging her existence, I was so transfixed by what was going on on the screen. Me and about, it must have been about 30 or 40 other men, many of whom were sort of middle-aged in their sort of um, baggy cargo shorts and sort of summer polo shirts, all started to walk towards the TV screen in the corner of the, the Weatherspoons in the Gatwick North Terminal. And watch the most wonderful 20 minutes, half an hour, of my life unfold. It was, it was just incredible. Just, um, oh, I, know this, I know this is nitpicking. I'm just, why was it playing in Weatherspoons? Weatherspoons don't play Sky Sports. Ah, well, some do. Um, so, for instance, uh, the one in Twickenham, the William Webb Ellis, there's one in Cardiff, City Centre as well. I think it's the Prince of Wales oh, that has okay. Sky Sports. So some of them basically do have Sky Sports. Um, and so the, yeah. I think it's the Red Lion in Gatwick North Terminal. Um, it has Sky. I, I kind of, um, I, I kind of was Googling on the, when it was, I was still hopeful earlier in the day because I realised the climax would be around the time we were in the airport. I decided to Google whether there was Sky Sports available in Gatwick and that, that was the place it said it was. So that's where we headed when we arrived. Um, but it got, obviously, it started, it dragged down a little bit. Obviously, Stokes tried to hurry it up as much as possible. I mean, he got, he hit something like set, set 70 on off his last 40 balls. And his first no. 40 balls, it was two from his first 42 and, so we like 74 from his last 42 balls, something like yeah. that. So he, so he went big and got the run read up pretty quickly. But it was, um, it kind of, it was I think still, for me, cricket take, well, cricket take was time. Really and got, the, issue, the issue for me was the flight, getting the gate opening time was getting nearer and nearer um, as, as the run chase was reaching its kind of conclusion. And there was one guy there who, he must have been in his 40s, and his, his wife and two kids went off. To, to the gate number and his wife was like you know Phil Phil look it's like our, our gate's open it's ready for boarding and he was like oh, just give it a sec give it a sec and um, 
when Stokes eventually did hit the winning run, runs, the bloke gave me a hug, and then I saw him legging it through the terminal to try and make his flight last minute. Um, no idea whether we made it or not, but it was just one of those moments where you're like, right, I'm going to sacrifice a family holiday. I'm going to let my wife and two kids go off on holiday without me because it's more important to see if England get over the line. Yeah, and thankfully no, I, they did. I salute that man, George Butler star. But um, no, it was incredible. I think for me, the moment where you started to think, you know, this is going to happen is when he, was it he successively swept Hazelwood for six and a four in the same over? Treating Hazelwood like, you know, a county cricket uh, medium pace trundler getting down on one knee and just sending him over square leg. With, with men on the boundary. The one with with three or four men on the boundary. Hitting. They were was crowded. It, was this not um, like in a, in a limited overs game where you're only allowed a certain number of players outside of the ring? You know, they, by the end, they had people all, over, you know, all around the boundary and he was just taking them on and just clearing the men. Um, and there's always... There's always the agonising couple of seconds as well when um, and Stokes goes long and you don't know what's happening watching on TV because you can't see. The camera's still coming down. You don't know whether the man on the, on the boundary is going to take the catch. And then it just drops out of his reach again and again and again. It was that the reverse sweep for six offline. It wasn't even a sweep, was it? It was more of a swat. Completely overbalancing on one leg. Like, there's no way he should have been able to pull it off. I mean, the hand-eye coordination of that man along with the power, along with... Um, everything else was just, it was incredible. It was, it was, and yet, I mean, they would have called him a freak, didn't they? Uh, and every right. Yeah, he did. But, and yet, so close, like you said, Nathan Long dropping it, and then the next ball, the LBW, although I don't think it was LBW, we'll get onto that in a second. But, yeah, it was so close to not being it. I was literally watching it this morning. England two to win, you're thinking, you know, just then just, just hit the single, just make sure we don't lose. And then successive balls, the run-out opportunity, and then the LBW appeal. So we were so close having it ripped away from us at the last possible point. I mean, that would have been truly heartbreaking. I was, um, I was at Sophia, so two different Sophias both being mentioned, which is confusing, but my girlfriend's Sophia spelt differently. I was at a family function of hers and watching on the TV and none of them uh, really support England. They were teasing me for being so stressed and they were saying, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. And then Bearstow obviously just clips it straight to a uh, slip. At that point, I really stopped thinking it was going to be fine. And, you know, and I think by the time we left the family function, I think uh, Wokes was out. And I think Archer was in, but not looking particularly safe because he was going for the big shots. And by the time we got back to her house, it was uh, nine down, leeching. And then I just went away because I couldn't really handle it anymore, went and sat on the loo. And then because I was superstitious, I didn't move from the loo for the rest of Stokes' innings until about 10 runs to go because I didn't want to move because I thought if I move, something's going to go wrong. And uh, there were people posting photos on Twitter at the time of their sunburn where they refused to move on the spot, but they were listening to it because they didn't want to, you know, so they're possibly lining themselves up for later life skin cancer, but it was all worth it. I mean, the logic of that seems you know what? what? I say I'm not one of those people, but that day felt so important. I got really scared. I didn't even want to, I think I might have even turned the volume down because. I turned the volume down for one of them because I was so stressed and then he hit a six with it so I kept it down for quite a long time. I, it was a really, it was a stressful time and, uh, and then Sophia comes and knocks on the toilet door and goes, you okay? You've been in there for about 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> and at that point I shuffle out like eyes glued to the iPad and uh, yeah, I managed to watch the winning runs. But, yeah, Mag, I mean, pretty just, incredible. 
Amazing. Go on then. Um, one thing I was thinking about this morning, where does it rank for you in test matches of all time? Let's say in English test matches of all time, because we're always going to have an English it's, kind of bias. It's tricky one, isn't it? Because like, I'm sure that, you know, if you spoke to my dad, who was actually watching it, like the Botham's Ashes might beat it. Although actually asking my dad, he says this Stokes one felt more special. But for me, the ones that feel a lot more special are the ones I've seen. So I'm not going to name you any of the test matches that were before my time because I wasn't watching them. And I don't have that feeling attached to them. So, you know, this, this one for me is up there as the top. Probably next highest would be the Edgebaston one by three runs. Go on, Jones. Best, you know, best of an egg was from 2005, you'd say. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think so for me because of how unlikely a position it was that we won from and just everything about it, including Jack Leach cleaning his glasses, uh, Nathan Lyon dropping the ball. Like, everything was perfect. And more kind of, like, I think over the whole of the Test match as well, I mean, even the, the first innings, the whole match, Joffre getting his first five, I think he took a six from the first innings. And yeah. getting ball that was 67. Joe Denley top run score with 12. And you think, on a good batting day as well. Um... Because we think how bad England were, and actually how bad almost all of the England team were, apart from basically Broad, Archibald pretty well, Stokes. I mean, everyone else, and Root in the second innings, everyone else was terrible, and yet to win. Um, and against that bowling attack as well. I mean, from a, a kind of Cummings and Hazelwood, I mean, even Nathan Lyon, I, I know we're maybe not his biggest fan, but what a quality bowler. I just think you, when you put it all into the mix, you didn't think Ben Stokes, the character. You, I always kind of felt the World Cup final was his redemption for the, the, his bottling of that 2020 final. But almost for me, Headingley was... Well, and also his... Was kind of redemption from, the, from the, the Bristol nightclub incident. I mean, I still think he probably should have gone to prison. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure winning a game of cricket ne necessarily redeems you from knocking a man out cold on the street um, early in the hours of the morning. Um, oh. But it, it felt like a character redemption for him. Like it was beyond just the World Cup. Like to do both in that same summer, I think when it's all combined, I think there's nothing like it. And I went from being a, a almost a commotion about England cricket. I, I kind of got a bit fed up with them. They tend to let you down, particularly the Test side, so unreliable. Um, and Stokes kind of hailed as our best player, but how often has he really delivered in key moments? And, and in the space of two events, the World Cup final, and more this one. Which is kind of turned on its head. Like, kind of made me remind me how much I love the England team. I now love Ben Stokes. What a man! Um, and it always <laughs> made me fall in love with cricket again in a way that you know sometimes you remind them someone you someone you really like or you really you, you really love. Like you take Sophia. Like I'm gonna love her for the rest of my life. But there's um sometimes there's a moment that makes you think, oh wow, yes. I'd almost forgotten how much I love you. And for me, Headingley 2019 was, was that for cricket. Like, I'm going to love cricket till I die. But it was a moment that just reminded me of how much I love cricket and, and why I love cricket. And for me, it was really, really the greatest, greatest game. For me, I think, the, 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 I think that's all happened to me early in the summer of that World Cup. But then Headingley won, I don't know, it was more of a confirmation. The World Cup was the one that really got into my skull. And we're going to look at back at the World Cup another episode but the World Cup was the one where like I was so invested in it on the day and I didn't and I didn't get to sleep until like 2 3 a.m the night of the night of the win because still so the adrenaline still pumping so much from the win whereas because that was a nail biter all the way through whereas Headingley felt like this just 
incredible roller coaster of an hour right at the very end, which it was a very good test all the way through. You're right. And there were some great moments throughout. But just I've never watched test cricket like that before and probably never will again. Just the, of what Stokes did, taking on against that bowling attack, playing those kind of shots, like ramping Pat Cummins before. I mean, Pat Cummins was <laughs> best fast bowler. I know, like, there's, you kind of, there's one thing, I don't know, ramping like Ishant Sharma or, um, <laughs> you know, like someone like that, like Shannon Gabriel or something. Like, you know, they're a good bowler, fine, whatever. But Pat Cummins is incredible. I remember later in the, um, in fact, the test before and later in the summer, I was lucky enough to be at Lords for um, a bit of that test and also the Oval. And um, watching that man bowl, I mean, he is fantastic. He's just smacking about everywhere. Oh, wonderful. Incredible. Just final thing on this before we move on. That LBW of, uh, well, actually, first, the drop from Nathan Lyon was made even better, I think, by throughout the Oval Test. I think the, the England fans would uh, cheer every time Nathan Lyon took a catch when it was being part, the ball was being passed around the team between deliveries, which, uh, which I think was phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, this, the other thing, that LBW, did you think it was out? Because I think the Hawkeye got it wrong. Do you reckon? Um, I, I, I thought it was out. I thought it looked pretty out at the time. Um, and in fact, the lad who, um, who um, kind of ran off to get his flight, he, he, he looked ready to go at that point. He was kind of... He was so off, I think it was going down off, yeah, I don't think it was going to turn like back on. He was ready to, to, to get, get over to gate 14. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then when he was not given out, he kind of suddenly put the bag back down and was ready again. I, I thought it was gone. But you disagree, do you? So I think you watch it again... I think DRS gets it wrong because I think it's going down leg and um, and I think it clips. I can't remember. I'm not watching it right now, so I might not get the detail exactly right, but I think it clips one of the legs before going to the hit the other leg. And I think the impact is measured as the second touch, e.g. when it hits the second leg. And I think it didn't actually turn because you watch the ball live and it's not turning. It goes straight on into that leg and then clips the other one. And that's what sends it back into legs, middle and leg. If you watch it again, I genuinely think it was a DOS potential cock-up. But, um, well, Michael, know, I'll, 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 I'll get my protractor out and I'll have a little look um, this evening. Have a little look. I can, have a look. Uh, but hey, the wonderful thing is, it's all by the by, because um, it wasn't out. Mm-hmm. And what instead we got was um, our, maybe England's finest ever victory in a test match. All because of one man, um, Mr Ben Stokes. Of course, sports personality. Um, now a worthy winner. Um, I reckon. And we've Michael, been of the year as well. Yeah, of course. Um, he just has been, hasn't he? Um, I reckon that's all mm-hmm. we've got time for. We'll save the rest for um, a future episode. We've got a lot of yeah, we'll get past to talk about because I don't think there'll be much cricket present or future over the next couple of months. Um, so stay safe. Um, all of you stay safe. Um, enjoy the lockdown, and um, mm. we'll um, we'll see you soon. <laughs>